Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you, and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. Uh, on the first Sunday of the year, I preached a message that I titled One Day or Day One. One Day or Day One. And we talked about how there can be things in our heart that God has as placed in there or God's speaking to us about or the Holy Spirit's impressing on us or dreams that we've had that, that we have the attitude, well, you know, one day I'll get around to that. One day I'll consider starting that or building that or initiating that. And, and we talked about how, you know, this could be the year where you take that thing from being one day to shifting it to being, no, today is day one of me chasing after it. Day one of me pursuing it. Day one of me taking a, faith, a step of faith towards it. And I've been so blessed over the last couple of weeks to hear many people who have, have done that already, who have said, you know what, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna start trusting God and I'm gonna go after that thing and see what God can do in and through my life when I do. But I wanna encourage you, if you haven't yet, guess what? Every morning you wake up is an opportunity for day one. And so don't, don't think that you can't, just trust God. Trust God, He's got amazing things for you. But in that message, I touched on a, a verse in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, where the Apostle Paul is sharing with us how we are to live our lives as followers of Jesus. And what he tells us is that we are supposed to live by faith, not by sight. Live by faith, not by sight. He's saying from the moment that you connect with Jesus and you're exposed to the kingdom of God that we are supposed to shift from living in a way where we're not just influenced now by what we see, but we're now influenced by the knowledge that we serve a God who can do the impossible. We're to live by faith and not by sight. And I wanna stay on that thought today. I wanna dive a little deeper into that because as I came into the beginning of this year, I really felt strongly that this is something that God was challenging us on. To ask ourselves in every area of my life, am I living by faith? Maybe I'm living by faith in, in some areas of my life, but am I living by faith in all areas of my life? Because we're called to live by faith and not by sight. I've told you many times before that before I was in ministry, I used to be in the military. I was in the Air Force. And uh, the Air Force taught me a lot of things. It taught me uh, discipline. It, it taught me uh, teamwork. It taught me leadership. And it also taught me how to follow instructions. In fact, they drilled it into us, right? How to follow instructions. Now, uh, you know, I, not everybody likes to follow instructions. Not everybody likes to do perhaps what they're told or to you know, follow the instructions. A lot of people just like, you know, I just wanna wing it. You know, I'll work it out. I'm gonna say, I'll work it out and it will all be good. Like, you know, um, for example, Osta, when she, uh, when she bakes something or when she cooks, she might have the recipe book out there, but she doesn't always follow the instructions, right? And sometimes I can be helping her out and I'll see she comes up to a step and she does something different to what it says in the book. And I'll say, hey, Osta, like, that's not what it said to do. You're supposed to do this. And she's like, oh, yeah, nah, doesn't matter. You know, it's just a suggestion. It, it's all good. Don't worry about it. 
right? My military brain's going, no, you gotta do exactly what it says here in the book, right? You see, you have to understand, I was an avionics technician, which meant that I worked on aircraft. And uh, who knows, you know, if you're gonna work on something that people fly through the air in, right, you can't just wing it, right? You gotta make sure that you're doing it by the book. And I remember in the air, we had the big aircraft hangar and we used to have a room off to the side of the aircraft hangar that was full of instruction manuals for the aircraft that I worked on. It was about the size of our cafe out in the foyer there and it was just full of manuals. And every single job I did on that aircraft, whether it was a big or a small task, I had to do it in accordance with the instruction manual. It had to be exactly step for step as the manual told us. In fact, whenever I finished a job, I would have to go in and have to write up that job. I'd have to say, I've done it in accordance with the manual, in this particular manual, this chapter, this page, and these steps, and I would have to sign it. In fact, two people would have to sign every single job we'd done in accordance with the book. And if it was safety critical, three people had to sign it to say that you had done it exactly step for step as it said in the instruction manual to do. And it may seem a little extreme, but how many of you wanna go flying in an aircraft where the maintenance guy's gone, nah, it doesn't matter. It's just a suggestion. It's all good. None of us, right? Because we don't wanna die, right? See, obviously when you're baking something or something similar to that, like following the instructions is, is not a big deal. But there are certain situations where following the instructions can be extremely beneficial. You see, when Paul writes that we should live by faith and not by sight, what he's sharing with us is an instruction for our life. An instruction from God on how we should live after we've connected to Jesus. And I think it would be pretty safe to say that our life is a pretty important thing. In fact, it's probably the most important thing. And so it's not something you just want to wing and hope for the best. And the Holy Spirit, He doesn't want that for us either. And so He's trying to let us know that the best way that you can live your life that will benefit you the most is to be someone who lives by faith. Now, it is important to say this. It's important to know that if we live by faith, that doesn't mean that all of a sudden life will be void of any struggle or strife. Because Jesus told us that in this life we will have trouble. So none of us are immune from, immune from that because we live in a, a world that has been broken by sin. But what living by faith does, it is, is that it enables us to find the means to rise above those struggles and strife. As we lean into the understanding that we are unconditionally loved by God, a God who can do the impossible and is always working things out for our good, amen? You see, when a manufacturer provides you with instructions for their product, their purpose of giving you their, those instructions is so that you can get the most out of the product and you can have the best possible experience with it. Likewise, when God gives us instruction on how we are to live our life, such as to live by faith and not by sight, his motivation is exactly the same. It's to enable us to get the most of our, out of our relationship with God and have the best possible experience. 
You see, God will never encourage us to do something that isn't the best for us. The thing is, we don't always see it that way, do we? You know, if you're a parent, you've got children. You know, your children will have an opinion about what is best for them. And sometimes it doesn't line up with our opinion. Sometimes as a parent, we're like, well, you know, I don't think that is the best thing for you. You know, this, it's better if you do this and we try to steer them towards something that's best for them, but they don't always agree. And they might get frustrated and they might get upset. They even like get angry at us because it's like, well, you're not allowing me to do this. You're not, you don't care about me. You don't love me. And it's like, it's not because I don't love you. I love you more than you ever know. It's just that I know a little bit better what's best for you. It's exactly the same with God. See, sometimes we think we know better. But the truth is God knows what's best. See, sometimes we will pray for things and they won't work out the way that we prayed for them. We won't get what we pray for. We can get upset and we get angry for God. And it's like, God, don't you care? Aren't you listening? Don't you want the best for me? And God's up there, up in heaven going, of course I care. I love you more than you could ever know. I love you unconditionally. I'm not doing it to hurt you or disappoint you. It's just that I know what's best for you. See, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. God's only agenda is for our best. What that means is this, is that every time we choose to do something different from what God says, we are cutting ourselves short from the best that God has for us. We are robbing ourselves of living the abundant life that Jesus made available for us every time we choose to live differently to how God encourages us to. So I say all that to say this. If, if you wanna live at the highest level this year, if you wanna experience God's best for your life, for your family, for your business, for your career, then it begins by making a decision that in every area of your life, you are going to seek to be someone who lives by faith and not by sight. So what exactly does it mean to live by faith? Because I wanna be a person who lives by faith in every area of my life. So what exactly does that mean to live by faith? Well, to answer that, we need to establish what faith is. So let's turn to a verse in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. It gives us a description of faith. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Awesome. What on earth does that mean? Right, you ever read that before and you go, that's fantastic, but I have no clue what that actually means. So let's have a look, let's have a look at another verse that can help us out, right? Let's see if we can simplify it a little bit. Let's look at it in the Amplified Version. Hebrews 11 verse one, it says, Now faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Let's stop there for a second. How many of you have ever purchased something online? Right? Probably most of us have purchased something online. We probably do it uh, quite often. Uh, I enjoy purchasing things online. I reckon like, it's awesome. You know, I did a lot of, cross, lot of my Christmas shopping 
online. Don't have to leave the house. I can scan a whole bunch of different stores in a couple of minutes, find the best price, purchase it online, and it it arrives at my home. But there's one part, there's one part of ordering things online that makes me a little bit nervous. And it's that part where you finally put in all your details and you press the button, confirm to buy. And all of a sudden you get that little spinning wheel that comes up, all right? And if that stays up there for more than one or two seconds, I start to get worried, right? If it's up there for five to 10 seconds, now I'm really panicking because I'm like, you know, what's happened? I put in all my details and, uh, you know, have they, have they taken my money and I didn't get the order? You know, has someone else bought it? Did I miss out? What's going on? Like, I don't like to see that thing going up there for a long time. And so to give us some assurance, to give us some confidence what companies do is they will send you a confirmation email. And so if you're like me, as soon as I press, you know, confirm to buy and that wheel goes away, I go straight to my email and I look, is that confirmation email in there? And if I see that confirmation email in there, then I have great confidence that even though I haven't received the item yet, I know it's mine and it's on the way. You see the Word of God? It's like getting a confirmation email from heaven. In that it's full of promises that Jesus paid for on our behalf that we can confidently trust that He will fulfill. It's like Jesus went, Jesus saw what we needed. He went online to purchase it. He completed the payment for it on our behalf and then He sent a confirmation email via the writers of Scripture so that whenever we open it up and read it, we can be confident that it's ours and it's on the way. So when the writer of Hebrews says that faith is the assurance, the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, what I believe he's saying is this, that faith is simply an expression of our confidence in God and His Word. Faith is an expression of our confidence in God and His Word. That being the case then, it also means that we can measure our faith by how confident we are in God and His Word. But that isn't all he says. He also goes on to say a little bit extra. So let's put that... Uh, Hebrews 11, verse one up in the Amplified Version again. He starts by, now faith is the assurance, the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. And then he adds, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. In other words, it's not something that comes from what we see or touch. It's not grounded in natural things. It's not dependent on the circumstances that we find ourselves in. But rather faith is something that comes from God. So let me give you a definition, my definition of what it means to be a person who lives by faith. A person who lives by faith is someone who takes God at His word 
and lives with a confident expectation that in spite of whatever circumstance they find themselves in, he will fulfill it. Can I repeat that? Let's say it again. A person who lives by faith is someone who takes God at his word and lives with a confident expectation that in spite of whatever circumstance they find themselves in, he will fulfill it. You know what that also means? It means that our faith isn't based on a feeling. And I think that's really, really important for us to understand, especially as Pentecostals, because we love to chase after feelings. We love the feeling of the presence and the power of God. We love that feeling that's difficult to describe, but when you're in it, you never wanna leave it. We love that feeling of knowing that God is moving in our life or in our situations. It's one of the greatest blessings of being in relationship with Jesus to experience the felt presence of God. It's awesome. But think about this. If our faith is based on a feeling, what happens when we're not feeling anything? Because I don't know about you, but that often happens to me where I don't feel anything special. You know, there, there's times where, where absolutely, well, I'll be, let's say, for example, I'll be sharing a message or a devotion or, or, or some, something out of the Word of God and I'll feel, feel something. And, and it will fill me with, with, with boldness and, 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 and I'll love it. And it's like, oh, this is amazing. But when I was, when I was young, when I was much younger and I used to share something and I didn't feel anything, I used to get worried. I used to think if, if I'm not feeling it, then it's not, gonna, it's not gonna bless anybody. If I'm not feeling it, no one's gonna get saved. It's not gonna make a, a difference in somebody's life. And then it wasn't too long until I would share something, not feel anything at all. And then someone come and say, hey, you know what? What you shared today really blessed me. People would get saved. People would take a step in their relationship with God and, and it wasn't long until I realised, hang on, my theology around this had been wrong. Whether I feel it or not doesn't diminish the power of God's Word. Whether you feel it or not, it doesn't diminish the power of God's Word because the effectiveness and influence of His Word is never dependent upon how I feel. It's dependent upon who God is. And guess what? That never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Which means that the promises of God over our life are just as truthful and life-giving and powerful on the days when I'm feeling it as on the days when I'm not. Isaiah 40 verse eight, he says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God stands forever. You know, sometimes we sing a song in church, it's called Waymaker. And in there, there's this bridge in the song that says, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Church, if you wanna live by faith, you don't need to worry if you don't feel it. You don't need to be concerned if you can't see it the only thing is you need your spiritual ears to hear it. I can't feel anything. I can't see anything changing because something in my spirit hears something. 
You see, because Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So if you need to increase faith in a certain area of your life, if there's an area of your life where, where, where you struggle, don't worry if you're not feeling it. All you need to do is open up the Word of God. Find a scripture that pertains to that situation and start confessing it out loud over your life, over your family, over your business, over every area of your life and allow the confirmation email from heaven to fuel you with a confidence that God, of what God has promised you is on the way. You know, we said earlier how... Um, Faith is simply an expression. It's an expression of our confidence in God and His Word. Something I understand about confidence in something is that it's built over time. It takes time for confidence to be built in someone or something. It's not necessarily automatic, right? Like if you owned a Ferrari and a 16-year-old kid came to you and just got his peas said, hey, I'd love to take your Ferrari for a spin, right? Who knows, I'm not handing him the keys, right? I'm not handing them the keys because they haven't had enough time behind the wheel. I'm not confident they know what to do with it, right? Like if you were to go skydiving, tandem skydiving, and they said, well, you get to choose who you're attached to. You can be with the instructor. He's done a thousand flights. Or you can be with a newbie with a trainee badge on his chest. Which one are you gonna choose, right? Because confidence is built over time. I'm gonna pick the guy who's jumped a thousand times. You think about the people in your life that you trust the most, that you can rely upon, depend upon. I bet it's not the people that you've just met. I bet it's the people that you've done time with. Not prison, life with, right? I think time with, I'm like, that sounds terrible. It could be, hey. But the people that you've spent the most time with, that you've done life with because confidence in something or someone is built over time. And you know what? It isn't any bit different with God. It isn't any different with God. The, the people who walk in the boldest faith are often those who have chosen to make the greatest importance in their life, spending time with God and in His Word. Perhaps the keys could join me. You see, can I encourage you that if you, if you seek to be someone who lives by faith in 2023, you can't do it without prioritising spending time with God, individually or corporately. You will struggle to be a person who lives by faith in every area of your life if you only come to church every now and then. You will struggle to be someone who lives by faith in every area of your life if you, if you don't choose to engage in a connect group when you could. You struggle to be a person who lives by faith in every area of your life if you're not serving God and doing something fruitful something purposeful, serving in church or something that's doing something for the kingdom of God. If you're not spending time with God, if you're not reading His Word, you'll struggle because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Matthew 6.33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. 
In other words, it's only after putting God first. It's only after putting God first do we truly then reap the benefits of what a relationship with Jesus Christ has to offer. You struggle to be someone who walks by faith in every area of your life if you don't hunger after God and His Word above everything else. Let me ask you something, a question to consider. How was it that when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane and He'd come to the full realisation of all that He was about to go through, the brutality of the crucifixion, the fact that He was going to about to take all the sins upon, of the world upon Himself, how was it that in that garden He was able to find the confidence to go through with it? How was it when he was sweating drops of blood in anguish that he had the confidence not to quit? Well, I believe that one of the biggest reasons was because in the years leading up to that moment, he had prioritised spending time with the Father. In fact, all through the Gospels, you read that Jesus went away to a solitary place to spend time with the Father, listening to His voice, hearing His Word. And I believe in that time spent with the Father that it built up His confidence to the point where He never doubted that the Father would fulfil His Word, that He would do what He did. And one of the things that the Father told Jesus was that He had given Him the power and authority to rise again. Jesus says Himself in John 10, 18, He tells us this very thing. He says, no one takes my life away from me. I give my own life freely. I have the right to give my life and I have the right to get it back again. This is what the Father told me. The Father told Him that's what He had the authority to do. And because He had prioritised spending time with the Father up to that point for many years before, He knew I can trust what my Father says. Because imagine the level of faith you have to have to believe that you can resurrect back from the dead. Like think about that. If Jesus hadn't cultivated a relationship with the Father, to trust in His Word, would any of us be here today? If He had waited for that situation where He hadn't spent any time with the Father, He gets into the Garden of Gethsemane, all of a sudden He knows what He's going through and then He's like trying to frantically build up the confidence and faith in God's Word, I, would He have gone through with it? But because He was proactive instead of reactive, you and I will benefit from it today. Church, here's the thing. So many Christians are reactive instead of proactive. So many people know Jesus Christ, know God, have all access to heaven and they never spend time in the Word. They never spend time with God. They do it like just, they get apathetic about it. They get familiar about it. 
They don't, they don't prioritise just being in the presence of God, worshipping Him, coming to church, putting Him first. And then they get in trouble and then they scramble to build their relationship with God and they wonder why they're getting overwhelmed by what's happening to them. When if we had prioritised spending time with God, when we get in that moment, we'd have the confidence to know, I know it looks one way, but my God says it's this way. Like I, I've fallen victim to that before. But I realise, I tell you, life can throw some challenging things your way. And I can't do it. I can't do it without knowing what God says. I can't do it without faith and the confidence He gives me. Knowing the promises that He has for my life. Listen to this, no one could see past the crucifixion. Not even Jesus' disciples could see past the crucifixion. They all thought that was the end. The only one who could see past the crucifixion was Jesus Christ. Because that's what faith does. It enables you to see beyond what everyone else sees. It enables you to see beyond the natural the tangible, what you see physically. It enables you to see that there's something beyond what is I'm facing right now. There's something greater. There's something God has spoken over my life. There's something He has promised me. It's not perceived by my natural senses, but I hear it in my spirit. And I trust that God is greater than anything that comes against me. I trust that His Word is more truthful than anything else. And so I can see beyond this situation. You might not see it. Your family might not see it. Your friends might not see it. But when you have a Word from God, it enables you to see beyond. So here's your homework for this year. Who loves homework? I should call it something else. Here's your homework for this year. I wanna encourage you to identify an area of your life where perhaps you struggle in your faith. Maybe an area in your life that causes you a lot of anxiety. Maybe an area of your life where you have a lot of uncertainty over. Maybe an area of your life where you find it difficult to trust God. And then what I wanna encourage you to do is I want you to search the Bible and I want you to find what it is that God says about that particular area of your life. And then I wanna take those Scriptures and every morning when you wake up, I want you to read them out loud over your life. And every night before you go to bed, I want you to read them out loud over your life. And I want you to do it over and over and over and over again, day after day after day after day until it gets so embedded in your spirit that no matter what, you have a confidence that it is the truth that trumps over every other suggestion, thought, opinion or circumstance. 
You see, the more you know God's Word, the more you know His promises, the more that you know what He has spoken over your life, over your family, over your future, the more you know what He says about you, what He declares and He feels about you, what He's done for you, what He has secured for you, the more you know how much He loves you, the more you spend time in His Word, getting it into your spirit, reading it, memorising it, meditating on it. It can't help but to affect the level of your faith that you walk in. Because you're gonna have a greater confidence in the knowledge of who God is, who God is, what He says about you and what He's promised you and wants to do in and through your life. Hebrews 10:35. It says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. In other words, don't muck around with your faith because you lose your faith and you could lose the reward. Don't throw away your confidence. Don't take this relationship with God for granted. There's so many wonderful things. But our responsibility is spend time with God. Hunger after His Word. Tune your ear into what He has to say. Choose to live by faith. It's not always easy. In fact, it can be quite challenging. It's easy to default back. There's always that wrestle with our flesh and our spirit. But choose to be someone who lives by faith, spend time in His Word, and you'll be richly rewarded for it. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you, and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you that even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes and my past, and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did, and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, Thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am 
in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the Word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.